Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. I want to talk this morning about something the Lord put on my heart around Monday or Tuesday, and it just came into my spirit. Sometimes I'll, I'll just get a direct line from the Lord, and I heard real, genuine touch from God. How many have ever had a touch from the Lord? Amen. Maybe this morning you felt a touch from the Lord. You've had a touch from the Lord at some point in your life. Um, there are different touches of the Lord, and I want to talk about that this morning. But I believe there is one that is real and genuine and that is different than just a touch from the Lord. Okay? How many know we can get touched by a song? So a song, and, I, and I'm, I'm not even talking about... Uh, even a Christian song, a song that can touch us in a way sometimes, like I thought about that song, Eye of the Tiger from the Rocky movies. When you hear that song, it touches your flesh to want to go out and fight somebody like Rocky did, right? Or you get touched by a song like We Are the World, makes you want to go out and change the world, right? Some of these songs that we hear on commercials and things, and then that song, We Are the Champions, you know, that song was, is always saying when a, a team wins a championship, everybody sings that song, and most people have never won a championship in their life. But we sing it, amen? We are the champions. And there's just something about how music or a movie or a person can touch you. Maybe you say, that person touched me, or that song touched me, or that movie touched me. And those are things that happen. They're real. They're, they're, they cause our emotions to go a certain way. There can also be bad things that happen in our lives that can touch us in a bad way or hurt us or whatever. But I want us to think about those being temporary touches. That, that, that song gets us for a moment or that movie touches us for a moment. And we tend to be people who, who, who move off of the last touch that we had, right? Whether it was a good or bad or affirmative or destructive and I want to talk about a touch of the Lord that's different this morning. And I was thinking back to my personal relationship with the Lord. I'm speaking for myself, and I want you to think about yours today. I want this to be a very personal message, because how many know the touch of the Lord is personal? 30 years ago in October, I had a touch from God that was real and genuine. And I'm going to show you some things in the scriptures today that confirm that to me. And the reason that I'm still serving God today, 30 years later, is because of the touch of the Lord. Something happened that night that had never happened in my life. And I've had lots of times since where I have felt a touch from the Lord. But nothing ever equals that night that I gave my life to the Lord. And I, I want to challenge you to think this morning about when you got saved, if you're here and you were, are born again and you're a believer... I want you to think back to that date, that time, because I, I, I will argue with people over this, and I don't have any problem saying it, that if you don't remember, and this doesn't make you a bad person, it means that you need, maybe need to come to the altar today. To me, if you don't remember the date, the time, and the place that Jesus changed your life, I wonder if there was a true conversion in your life. Because how could you forget the absolute greatest day of your life? Now, if you're here and maybe you got, you've been saved since you were born, you think, right? Then that maybe it was so long ago you can't remember it. But the night that Jesus touched my life, something happened. And since that moment, I've never been the same. 
Many of you know my testimony. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. But, but part of what I want to talk about was that night I showed up to church because I was checking the box. I had to be there. I was living in, at home with my parents still my freshman year of college. And I, I had to go to church as long as I was under the roof per my dad's uh, rules. And so I know what time it was because I was constantly looking at my watch waiting for the preaching to get done. Waiting for, to finish the check on the box so I could go home. So I knew it was about 9.15 when the, the Spirit of God got a hold of me and the preacher was preaching on hell and, and I knew that that moment, that's where I was going if I didn't change my life. And, and when I came down to the altar, I, I knew it was about that time, about 9.15. And when I got up from the altar, it was a new day. And I don't mean it was just a new day in my life. It was literally the next day. I got up from that altar after midnight. So I was at that altar for three hours. And I'm not saying that God can't change somebody in three seconds, because he can. But I had a conversion experience. And I had something happen that night that touched me and changed me and transformed me that I want to talk a little bit about this morning. And I want every one of us to experience that kind of touch in our life. Now, don't think that I said that, that because I said that you have to have a three-hour experience. I'm just telling you how long mine lasted. I had no idea that three hours had passed. I spent time weeping and repenting and talking to the Lord. To me, it seemed like a few minutes when I got up from that altar, but it had been three hours. And since that day, I've been preaching the gospel, and I have never looked back to my old life and ever desired it again, ever wanted it again, ever wanted to be that person again because I had a real, genuine touch of the Lord. And 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 26 says this, And Saul went to Gebeah, and valiant men went with him. And look what it says, Those whose hearts God had what? Touched. If we're going to change this world, and I want to give a challenge to the 11 o'clock service this morning. The 9 o'clock service is coming for you. The 9 o'clock service is filling up more, and we need the 11 to get going. Amen? We need you to invite someone to church. We need you to invite your neighbor. We need you to tell someone at the grocery store about Jesus. Go get some Jesus cards and some tracts. Remember, we've sent a lot of people out today. All, all of our churches that we've sent out are having church this morning. Hey, Pastor Nestor and Priscilla started this morning. I don't know how it's going yet. But they're all out, and so we've sent, we've sent out our best. We've got to refill these chairs, amen? But we don't, we're not looking for, just so you, don't know, so you know, we're not looking for church people. God will bring church people in that are great parts of the church. Some of you came, uh, you were already saved when you came, but our focus is the lost. I mean, know some lost people. People who don't know Jesus, don't, or people who have known Jesus at some time in their life, and they're hopeless right now. They're not going to church. They're, they're not serving God. And so we need to go get them. So I challenge you that this morning. And what's going to change this city is us getting a touch from God. That night when I went to the altar and I got changed, it changed my thoughts. It changed my decisions. It changed my life, and it changed my destiny. Everything... Everything that I had planned for my life was out the window because God touched me in such a way. And I want, I want to prick your hearts this morning. I want to challenge you as you're listening to me this morning to ask yourself by the time this message is over, have I ever had, and only you can answer the question, a real, genuine touch from God. Amen? 
Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now to arrest our minds. Lord, some of us are in other places mentally. Some of us are battling things. Some of us are thinking about what we're going to eat for lunch. Some of us are thinking about Thanksgiving already. Lord, help us at this moment to have our minds arrested so that we don't miss out, God. That night that you got a hold of me, I had other plans. I wasn't thinking about you, but you touched me. You got a hold of my mind and my heart. And since that day and until the day I die in Jesus' name, I'm going to serve you, Father. I'm going to live for you, and I'm going to try my best to thank you with my life for what you've done in me. Today, Lord, I bind every spirit of every enemy, of every spirit of of darkness and witchcraft and sorcery and distraction that could come against us. And I pray that our hearts and our minds and our spirits would be open to receive your word and that fruit would come out of it. And at the end of this service, Father, and all during this service, you're touching our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, genuine, real, authentic. You know, I think about what genuine and real is, is not counterfeit. There's a lot of people who think they've had a touch from God, and I would consider it counterfeit for this reason. If I get goosebumps and I, and I, and I go, man, I cried, or I had this amazing encounter with the Lord, but I don't change, then that's a counterfeit touch from God. Because if I truly get touched by God, I'm not going to be the same person. There's no way, say no way with me. There's no way possible that a person can come into contact with a real genuine touch of God and leave the same way. There's no way somebody can meet Jesus Christ and not be changed and not be transformed. Now people do, in their rebellious, crazy ways, many times, turn away from God. They get touched And there are today, I'll tell you, the most miserable people in the world. And I'm going to confirm that as this message goes on. People who have had a touch from God, who've had a miracle. I I think of people who have had miracles after miracles. Some of us would would love to have one-tenth of the miracles some people have had in their lives. And they still don't serve God. I mean, miraculous physical healings, miraculous marriage restorations, all kinds of different things, and they still don't serve God. It blows me away. How many know they're going to have a lot to give account to God for? Because God's going to say, I gave you all these miracles. I gave you all these healings. I touched your life so many times. What did you do with it? So I want you to understand there is a counterfeit. For everything that's real, there's a counterfeit. So I'm not talking about a feeling this morning. I'm talking about a real, genuine touch of God. As Jesus is walking around to start the gospel that got to us today, he's walking, and it's not always a physical touch. There's something about a a, a hand on a shoulder, you know, when you're hurting, or a hug when somebody's mourning or going through. So something about that hug, that hand on the shoulder, that, 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 that shake of the hand, that, that touch. There's something that I, I was even reading when, when babies are in the womb, how they are developed and how they live their lives has a lot to do with the touch at that very, very young age in the womb. There's something special about the touch. But I'm not just talking about that kind of touch. You know, sometimes I was telling, telling the guys Friday, We look for a pat on the back from people. How many know that's our carnal nature? We want people to pat us on the back. It's just the way we're made. But sometimes the same people that can pat you on the back can stab you in the back. Amen? So we shouldn't be looking for a man to pat us on the back today. We should be looking for God to give us a crown. 
Because what comes from God lasts forever. What comes from man is temporary. So it's great. Hey, thanks for the pat on the back. All glory to God. But let's look for the King of kings and the Lord of lords to reward us this morning. Amen? Let's look for the touch that's going to be eternal and life-changing and, and change not only our lives, but the lives of people around us. So Jesus is walking around, and he just looks at some men, and he says, follow me. So he didn't touch them, but his words touched them. And he said, follow me. And the Bible says they didn't say, hey, Jesus, come back tomorrow, and I'll let you know if I'm going to follow you. Or, hey, i got to go home and talk to my wife, or i got to go talk to my family, or i got to go figure some things out. The Bible says all through the Gospels, immediately they dropped their nets and followed him. There has to be a true touch of God for someone to just stop and drop their nets and follow somebody. And we know, thank God, I think that this is a, we know Judas is one of those ones we said, we know Judas was touched. Okay? How many know Judas had to be touched being in the presence of Jesus Christ for that long? There's a, there's a, I want to hit a doctrinal thing here for a second. There are people who teach and believe, many denominations and big churches that teach that someone can get saved, and once they're saved, there's nothing they can do to lose their salvation. Their ticket is bought to heaven, and they can't backslide. And I don't believe that. I believe a person can backslide and turn away from God. God never turns away from us, but we can turn away from God. And Judas did that. And so what they'll say, listen closely, is they'll say if that person was truly, genuinely saved, then they, then, they, uh, then they would never turn away from God. So if they turn their back on God, they'll say they were never truly, genuinely saved. There's no way that Judas could have walked in the presence of Jesus the way he did and not been changed. But he chose money and, and riches and greed over that. But how many know 11 out of 12 is a pretty good number? In anything, I'll take 11 out of 12. And 11 of those men that got touched by Jesus went to their deaths preaching Jesus. I want to ask you this morning, and you don't have to answer me, but you answer yourself. Am I in this till Jesus comes? Am I in this until I die? Or is this just a phase in my life? Because lots of people go through phases. But when you have had a real, genuine touch from God, listen, you're going to be transformed, and your life is going to change, and you're going to go and do great things for God, or you're going to get changed and transformed and be miserable. One of the two, because once Jesus touches you, you'll never be the same again. Let's look at Matthew chapter 8, and I want to show you a story that to me is a correlation of my life and your lives when we get saved. There's an outward appearance, there's an outward sickness, so to speak, that happens that you can see. Someone has things in their life that you can visibly see. They were an alcoholic. They were a drug addict. They, they were an adulterous relationship. They were, they were violent. They were drug dealers. You can see those things, but there's something inside of a person that has to change. And that's what happens when Jesus touches somebody. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, he's coming down from a mountain. And this is a very important part I want you to see in the scriptures. See that next two words? It says, great multitudes. And leave that up for a second. Great multitudes followed him. Great multitudes. This is still the same today. Lots of people are coming to Jesus because they want something. Lots of people call on Jesus when they need something. 
But as soon as they get what they need, they don't need Jesus anymore. And they go back to the things that they were doing before. And so some people have Jesus as a genie. And these people were that. They weren't coming to Jesus because they wanted to give him their lives. They weren't coming to Jesus because they wanted him to teach them. They were coming to Jesus because they wanted a miracle. If they didn't want a miracle, they wanted food. They came because he fed people. They came because he healed the blind. They came because he raised paralytics. They came because he was an amazing teacher. But here's the, pay attention closely to what I'm about to say. When Jesus truly touches your life and there's a real, genuine touch from God in your life, you no longer look for what Jesus can give to you, but you start to turn your life around and say, God, how can I give my life to you? I think they might have caught it over here, but I'm not sure if y'all caught that over here. A real, genuine touch from God. You no longer go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need, I need a genie. I need a healing. I need a miracle. I need this. I need that. You are changed and transformed. Your life is no longer your life, and you go to Jesus, and you say, Jesus, how can I serve you? Because I am so thankful for what you did for me. Amen? Amen? There's a difference. There's a change that happens. That the, the whole mentality changes. Let's keep reading. But there's a lot of people in that multitude, and today they still exist. Hopefully, my goal as your pastor is that there would be no multitude in here and we would all be disciples. Does anybody believe that that's possible? That there would be no multitudes in here. Again, multitudes are the ones that are coming to church on Sunday because you want to get something from God, not coming to learn how you can serve God. I want this church to be full of disciples. That's the goal. That's God's goal. Okay? But there's always going to be people, and I don't want that to be us this morning. So behold, a leper comes out of the multitude, and he worships and says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He makes a statement of faith. You can make me clean. It's not if you can make me clean. He says, if you're willing, I know you can make me clean. So he has a leprous state physically. This is a picture of our state spiritually when we come to God. We are lepers spiritually. A leper is an outcast. Did you know today leprosy still exists in the world? 4,000 years later, it still exists. It is not as prevalent, as strong as it used to be. There's a lot of medications for it, but it still exists. And I'm going to tell you why it exists. Because we were talking in, on Friday in discipleship about a man named Gehazi who had made a bad character decision. And Naaman, a, a man of God, got healed of his leprosy. And Gehazi was his servant, and he did an ungodly thing. And Elisha cursed him and said, you will have Naaman's leprosy on you all your, all your generations and for, forever. So today there's still leprosy because those generations are still leprous. Still. And they will be until they die, until Jesus comes back. The only way you can get free from that leprosy and that curse is Jesus Christ. A curse can be broken when you come into a touch from God and you break the curse of that generational curse that's on your life. That has come from past decisions and, and things that have happened in the past. So leprosy still exists today, but it exists greater still in the spiritual realm. Because those people were outcasts. Those people were, nobody wanted them. You couldn't, if you came into the, to an area where people were, you had to shout, leper. 
leper. And these people were missing fingers, missing toes. You can act, don't, please don't do it now, but do it later. You can actually Google it and you'll see pictures today of people who still have the leper, leprosy and they're missing limbs and they're missing fingers and their faces are deformed because of this horrible decision, uh, horrible disease. But church, I want you to see the picture of our sin this morning. We are lepers spiritually. What, if you were to look at that leper in the physical, that's what we look like in the spiritual before Jesus. And this leper comes and says, you can make me clean. And watch what Jesus says. And I love this. He says, he touches his hand. Here we go. He puts out his hand and touched him. Just like that background we're going to put back up in just a second. Not yet, though. That background is Jesus touching us, coming down. And I love how that picture is Jesus coming down to us because he'll come down to the very floor. He'll go down all the way into hell to pull us out of hell. Amen? I mean, Jesus will pick us up when we're down. That hand comes down, and it says, he says, I am willing. Church, Jesus is willing this morning. He is willing to heal, and he says, be cleansed. And it says, immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Immediately. I'll put that background back up, if you don't mind. There's the picture I want you to see of us in a dark, desperate place that we don't even know we're at, lost without God. And Jesus reaches down to us and saves us. Amen? And when he touches you, when it is a real, genuine touch of the Lord, it is forever. Amen? Let me, let me give you a, a, some insight this morning, something that might blow you away. I believe, scripturally, and this, is, this will be a good thing to keep you motivated to live right for the Lord, we know that the Bible, I didn't mention this in the first service, we know the Bible talks about hell more than heaven. Jesus talks more about hell than he did heaven. The message of hell was my reality check when I realized that's where I was going to spend my eternity. The Bible mentions a place where the worm will not die. The Bible mentions a flame that will never go out. And the Bible mentions a place of torment and darkness but I want you to listen closely to what is going to be the worst thing that will be in hell is the separation from God. That will be greater than the torment, the fire, the flames, the darkness will be the fact that you will not be able to be touched by God. And this goes even further to those people who have, as Hebrews says, tasted. I'm talking, hopefully they're listening today. I got pictures of people in my mind, in my face right now, in my eyes, right, my spiritual eyes. I can see their faces right now. Hopefully they're watching. They're backslidden, and they need to come back to Jesus. You're in danger of hell fire. Where's the camera at? Which one is it on right now? Is it straight on or is it on the side? Just tell me which, that one, right? You're in danger of hell if you don't turn your life. I hope you're watching right now. I hope you're listening. Get out of your backslidden state and get back to church. Get back in the kingdom of God. Get back on, on the walk with God. Stop running, and I hope you're listening. And you may be somebody right now that's watching that doesn't think you're backslidden, but if you haven't been to church for a long time, you are backslidden. And I'm not talking to my parents who are in, in dis disabled. It's a dangerous place, church. Because once you have been, you know what? I've never been touched by God. Yes, you have. As soon as you walk into this church sanctuary, you feel the presence of the Lord. You've been touched. 
And you're walking away from something that Hebrews says, how can you walk away from something that is so real and have tasted the goodness of God and turn your back on it? How many want me to be led by the Holy Spirit? I'm just saying what I'm saying right now because there's some people that need to hear that. And maybe you're sitting here in a chair right now and you need to hear it. Doesn't mean anything that you're at church. Is your heart right? Are you walking with God? Is he your passion this morning? Or are you just going through the motions? Daniel 10.10 says, suddenly. Say suddenly. That's what's great about God. He can come suddenly. A hand touched me. And which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. Church, you know what we need more of right now? You know what brings a, there's two things that bring a great revival to, to a church. Repentance and the fear of the Lord. Tell the person next to you, we don't fear God enough. Do y'all believe that? We don't fear God enough. And not only do we not fear God enough, we're not thankful enough. Let's just take advantage of this week of Thanksgiving. We're not thankful enough for our salvation. Because if you, because as I mentioned last Sunday, if you could see your sins, if you could see what we look like in the spiritual realm without Jesus, we would never even be able to go to work because we would be on our faces and on our knees crying out to God and saying, God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. And you know what happens when we really get saved and we have a real genuine touch of the Lord? We feel that way. How many remember when you first got saved, how excited you were about the things of God? How many remember you wanted to go tell everybody and everybody needed to hear and everybody needed to know it? I just want to make a statement to God and the devil and to you today. I want to be more in love with Jesus right now today than I was 30 years ago when he saved my life. I don't want to be less thankful or less excited or less in love with Jesus. I want to be more in love with Jesus. How many know our love can grow? But today we may, be, we may need a fresh touch of God. Maybe it's been a while since you've reached up and you said, Jesus, touch me. I think back as I read this. Let's put that verse up one more time, Daniel 10.10. 10. He says, I felt a touch. A hand touched me, and it made me tremble on my knees and on the palm of my hands. Thank you. And I think back to when I first got saved. I was, I, I was so in love with the Lord. And again, I want to be that in love with the Lord today, and I believe I am. I would sometimes be laying in bed at night, and I like my room to be dark. I always have, so I, can, I sleep better when it's pitch dark, like even... Even the smallest light bothers me, so I cover everything up, and it's pitch dark, and I remember I just put my hand up, both hands up in the air, and I'd say, Lord, touch me. I just, I would just wait, and it didn't happen every time, but I can tell you it happened many times that I could feel a physical touch of God on my hands. There's nobody in the room with me. You ought to try that tonight. Try it sometime. It's amazing to have God come down and touch you. How many know he is more willing to answer our call and our prayers than we are to ask? Supernatural. The touch of God. If you're dry and you're, you say, I'm not, I'm not feeling God, I'm not feeling things, ask God to touch you again. Ask him to, ask him to touch you the, the way he did when you first got saved. Now, let's look at Isaiah 6. How many are still here this morning? Verse 1, it says, we're going to read this, and this is, this is what I believe. I chose this scripture out of all the scriptures in the Bible. I, this is what I believe happens to every believer that has a real, genuine touch from God. 
Okay, this happens right here. As you're reading this, I want you to put yourself in this picture. In the year of King Uzziah, you put your name there, and that this is your story. I, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. That's why we lift up our hands. That's why we lift up our praise to the Lord, because he is high and lifted up. And the train of his robe, or in other words, the presence of God, filled the temple. It's always my prayer that the presence of the Lord would fill this place. Always. Amen? I I want people to leave the service and not know what I preached on or what songs we sang or what was even talked about, but they were touched and changed and they knew they were in the presence of the Lord. That's the most important thing. And above it stood seraphim. These are angels. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken. How many would like God to come down and shake you today? Two or three people, amen. By the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. The glory of the Lord filled the house. And he said, this is what happens when you have a real, genuine touch from God. Woe is me. I am a man undone. When you, you constantly, when you've been touched by God, remind yourself, I am not worthy to be saved. I'm not worthy to be forgiven. I am a man, I'm repentive. I'm sorry. I humble myself. Lord, why do you love me? Why did you choose me? Why, why are you so good to me? I am undone, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king. See, once you see the king, you can't, you can't get the king out of your eyes. The Lord of hosts. And watch how it finishes. Then one seraphim flew to me, and he had a coal, a live coal, coming out of the flames and fire of the altar. And he takes him on a tongue, and look what it says in 7. He puts him to his lips. He touched my mouth. And he said, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is purged. This is what happens when someone has a real, genuine touch from God. They are changed. And then I heard the voice of the Lord. And this is what happens to all of us. Not the preacher, not the missionary, not some people. I heard a voice that said, who shall I send? Who will go for me? When you have had a real genuine touch from the Lord, and I'm going to finish with this in a moment at the end of the service, at the message, something happens in you and you have a call that you must answer. And that call is of God saying, I need you to be responsible with the salvation that I've given you. And I need you to tell other people what I've done for you so they can know what I've done for them. Amen? So this is what happened. And so he answers, Lord, here I am. Send me. 30 years ago when he touched me, that song, that old, is an old song. He touched me. Oh, he touched me, and all the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know he touched me, and he made me whole. All I know today is I'm trying my very best to explain to you this message of how he touched me, but how many know you can't can't really explain the touch of the Lord? Other than 
what should happen from the touch of the Lord. Amen? Let's put that background back up, please. I want, I want them to continue to see that uh, in, this, in the side frame or whatever, uh, that hand coming down. So you can't explain it, but that's what makes our own personal testimony so real. You're telling somebody else, this is what the Lord did for me. This is how Jesus changed my life. This is the person that I used to be, and this is the who I am now. And church, that's why it's so important that we change. If we've been truly in the presence of the Lord, we're not going to be the same people. But how many would agree this morning some people miss God? Miss him. Just miss him. He, 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 he makes himself available to everybody. He shows himself to everybody. Hopefully we are showing people Jesus in our lives, and our witness, Jesus cards, testimonies, passing out tracts, living a life that's worthy of God's calling so people see Jesus in us. So they're seeing it, but some people miss. It makes me think of the woman at the well in John chapter 4. And we're going to look at just a couple of verses here, verse 10 and 11. Sorry, 10 and 13. It's, Jesus is at this well with this woman who is a Samaritan, and she, she is a, 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 a woman who is in, living in an affair. He knows all about her. That's later in the story. And he, he sees right through her. He touches her. And she says, he says, give me a drink. And Jesus, she goes, well, how, how can I give you a drink? You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. I can't even, I'm not supposed to be talking to you. So Jesus is right there trying to save her life and change her life. And he ends up, if you know the story, changing her life. But she almost misses him because she doesn't understand what Jesus is trying to show her. And Jesus says to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is, who says to you, give me a drink. See, some of us have Jesus standing right in front of us, and we don't realize his majesty. We don't live our lives like we really believe Jesus is Lord. Can I get an amen? We should. He says, if you knew who it was, you would have asked, and he would have given you living water. Church, the real genuine touch of God gives us living water. He says later on in 13, whoever drinks of this water, he's talking about the water from Jacob's well, will thirst again. Now we know if we drink Coke or caffeine or coffee or tea or energy drinks or anything else, we're going to be thirsty again. But even if you drink real water, physical water, after a while, you're going to get thirsty again. You're just not going to get as thirsty as fast. But no matter what, how much water you drink, you're going to thirst more. But he says, I have a water, verse 14. He says, whoever drinks of this water, whoever gets this touch from God, shall never thirst again. There's something that happens from the true touch of God that we never thirst again. And he says, I shall give him this water, and they will have a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. It's real. How many know God's touch is real? And if you don't know it's real today, you can know it today. That's what the great thing about coming to church is, is God's got something for you. If you haven't had a touch for a long time, today is your day. This altar is going to be open in a few minutes, and you can say, God, I need a touch. I, I, I want to I, I wanna have a, f- a fresh start. I want to be, be refreshed today. I want to end this year strong so I can go into 2023 strong. I want to do everything I can to live for you. But I don't want you to miss this morning the genuine, real touch of God. And I'm going to give you a few things that I prayed about this week and put together that I think have happened to me, that have shown me that God really touched me. 
and it's proof if God's really touched you. How many would like to know today if you've really, genuinely, truly been touched by God? If you have any questions, maybe you're not sure, maybe you'd like to know. For the two people that want to know, I'm going to tell you. Amen. The rest of you just know for sure, and that's good. But I want to give you five things that I've realized in my life, and I want, as I tell you these and you write them down, and I know some were already in the first service, I want you to think about them, and I want you to realize these five things I'm going to say are not things that come from my, my natural desire. Because when it's natural desire, that's us. When you have a real, genuine touch from God, he puts something in you that's not from you. It's from him. So the first one is, and I'm looking back after 30 years, so it's a pretty good sample size. No matter how I want or not want to, there's a draw in my life to pray. That's number one. There's a draw, a pulling, a burden, a need. Now, I, I preach to you nonstop the importance of having a prayer life. But I'm telling you that there are days that you're, many days, your flesh does not want to pray. F praying is contrary to the flesh. But when you have had a genuine touch from God, you don't have to have somebody tell you all the time, pray. Because something inside you is saying, pray. Something has genuinely happened inside of you that won't go away. Okay? That's number one. Number two. You are greatly bothered by the spiritual decline of this world. You're not, you're not watching. the. If you watch the news, it's obvious. I'm talking about you don't have to see news. You don't have to know everything that's going on. But you just see with your own physical eyes and know in your spirit how, how horribly this world is declining spiritually. And it bothers you. It bothers you. And again, I hope I'm trying to make this clear. It's not something you choose. It's there. It's because you have been genuinely touched by God. And so there's a, a spirit inside of you that is bothered by the way this world is and how much it rejects Christ and how much it hates God. Number three is, is, is kind of tied into this one. It is you do not condone sin. And you will not compromise. Again, this is not something that I'm making a decision to do. Like I know as a Christian I should stand, and I know as a Christian I should have morals. There's something inside of me because God has touched me that I hate sin. Doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. It means there's something inside of me from the touch of God and living in the presence of the Lord that I cannot stand sin, and I will not compromise. I won't. Because I've been genuinely touched from God. If, watch this. If somebody compromises, they have not been genuinely touched by God. Or if they have, they have walked away from that touch. Amen? Number four. You are burdened for lost souls. It bothers you when you see somebody who's not saved. You're burdened. Doesn't mean you're the best soul winner in the world. Doesn't mean you always witness like you should. It means there's something in your heart that tells you, I've got to tell people about Jesus. When you've been genuinely touched by God, that means his heart has been put in you, and, he, the, and we feel the way he feels for this world, and he sees the world lost like, we, like he sees it. We see it because he sees it. Amen? As the musicians are coming, number five, there's something inside of you 
that Jeremiah describes is like fire shut up in your bones. This means no matter how bad the world is, no matter how bad my situation is, no matter how much people turn their back on Christ, or no matter how many people stab me in the back, or no matter how bad things go in my life ministry-wise or serving God, I can't quit. I can't quit. I have a pet peeve and a personal problem with people who have served God and preached the gospel and pastored or missionaried or done any of those things, and today they're not still preaching. I have a personal pet peeve, and I believe God does too, because the Bible says his gifts are irrevocable. And when I gave my life to the Lord 30 years ago, I gave it to him until the day I died, not until an age that I retire. There's a difference between serving God and serving man. And I will preach this gospel until the day I die or until Jesus comes back or I am backslidden. Because I'm called to preach the gospel. And so are you. You might not be in a pulpit. You might not have public ministry. But you are called to witness. You are called to tell people about Jesus. And no matter how much you try to quit, if you've been genuinely touched by God, there's something inside of you that says, I cannot, no matter how much I try. And you can read it later in your time in Jeremiah 20. Please don't go there now for time. And I don't know where my musicians are, but I I, I hope they're coming. I I want you to understand, because I want to have some time to pray. I want you to understand that this is a serious call that if you do turn your back on it, you can, you'll be miserable. I have told my precious wife a few times, it hasn't been a lot, a few times over the years where in our carnal lives and minds we have, and especially her, because it's hard to be married to a pastor. And it's hard to be married to someone who has a call. A few times we've had the discussion of, can we just be normal and just go to church like everybody else and not be leaders? And I've told her, and the same thing I would tell her tomorrow, Yes, we can, if you want to be married to the most miserable man on the earth. Because if I'm not doing God's call for my life, I'm miserable. And it's not because I chose that. How many know you didn't choose God? God chose you. Don't forget that. God chose you. He chose you. Many are called, but few are chosen. And the ones, the ones he chooses, if, you, if you're either going to preach the gospel or you're going to be miserable. And I, you might know some of them, and I know them, people who have been called by God who are not serving the Lord and not living in their capacity to do things for God are the most miserable people in the world. And some of them try to cover it up with a good business or a good job or, or vacations, but they're miserable miserable because God's call is so precious to think that the creator of this universe wants to use me and wants to use you should be a very humbling thing better than anything this world could ever give us it's not about a pat on the back it's not about a good job It's not about a cry or feelings of hair standing up. It's about a real, genuine touch of God. 
And if you've never had that today, here or watching online, you can. And if you have had it, and you're not in love with the Lord today more than when you got saved, you need to read Revelations 3, and you need to come back to your first love. You need to come back and fall in love with Jesus again today. Some of you may be just going through the motions. Some of you are very good, possibly, at, and I don't know anybody specific, I'm just just generally speaking, very good at showing up, being at church, serving, doing what you know you're supposed to do because it's the right thing to do, but your heart's not in it. If that's you today, let God touch you again. And let God turn the burden into a miracle. Because it's not a burden to serve the Lord. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. I always tell people when I pray for them for healing, if Jesus was standing here right now, and he was going to touch you with his hands, would you be healed? I've never heard anybody say no. They all say yes, and they get healed. I'm going to say to you today, if Jesus was standing here with this microphone instead of me, and he was telling you how much he loved you, and he was telling you how much of a privilege it is to serve him, and you could see his nail-scarred hands, and you could see that he was the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he says, I need you to understand how important you are to my kingdom, and I need you to go and tell people what I've done for you so I can do it for them. How many would do it? Hopefully everybody. Today he is here. And he's speaking through me, and he wants you to have a real, genuine touch of his hand. So you walk out of here today, and you're never the same again. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. The Holy Spirit is here. The presence of the Lord is here. It, it's here to heal. It's here to deliver. It's here to restore marriages. It's here to transform finances. It's here to, to take away headaches. It's here to bring hope and peace. It's here to do whatever we need it to do. His power and his presence is here. But I want you to know there's one thing that's more important than healing. One thing that's more important than your headache going away or your finances being better. And it is understanding how real the genuine touch of God is, and when he touches you, understanding why he touches you. If I hold this to myself, I'm selfish. How can I have the antidote for the world's sin and keep it to myself? The reason God touches us is not just so we can feel his touch, it's so that we can do what he asks us to do. And, and give our very lives for it. They went to crucify Peter. And listen, church, just like us, Peter made mistakes. He even denied Jesus three times. But he had such a touch from God in his life that when they went to crucify him and kill him and martyr him, he said, I am not, he said I'm not worthy to be crucified like my Savior. He said, please crucify me upside down. Imagine. Do you think that God, let me ask you a question. Do you think God loved Peter more than he loves you? 
No. The Bible says he's no respecter of persons. He loves everybody the same. And he loves us just as much as he loved Peter. But the question is, how much do we love him? Because Peter loved him enough to say, not only am I going to die for you, Lord, I'm going to die a tougher death because I'm not worthy to die that death. God, I want you to touch me so much today that I never forget what you did for me. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed and the presence of the Lord is here, and he's speaking to our hearts, knocking on the doors of our hearts, and you're here today, you're either watching online, listening on the podcast, or sitting in this sanctuary today, and you've never had an encounter with God. You don't know the date, the time, the place that Jesus changed your life. That's the one day in my life I'll never forget. I have a great memory of my wedding. I have a great memory of my children being born. I have a great memory of playing basketball and lots of fun things in my life, but nothing will ever surpass the moment Jesus changed me and transformed my life and loved me enough to call me to preach his gospel. What a privilege. What a privilege, God. If you've never had that experience, just lift up your hand and say, pray for me. I want Jesus to come into my life today. I see your hand. I want Jesus to transform me. I want Jesus to save me. Call on his name. How many more? All over this place. Maybe you're backslidden, running, You've fallen away from your first love today. There's no oil in your lamp. How many would say, that's me today? I need oil in my lamp today. Just lift up your hand and put it down. God sees your heart. God sees your decisions. God sees your situation. Amen. Let's stand to our feet all over this place. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. We're going to say a prayer right now of salvation. There's somebody watching online. I hope and pray somebody backslidden right now is watching by the grace of God. And you're listening to the Holy Spirit instead of running. Today's the day, the acceptable day of your salvation. Stop listening to the devil. Stop listening to the father of lies. Stop allowing condemnation to destroy your walk and say, Jesus, I'm sorry, and he'll forgive you. Put your faith back in Jesus again. If you've had your faith in man, man will fail you over and over again, but God will never fail you. He's a good God. He's a good Father. Repeat after me this morning, Lord Jesus, I need you. I'm a lost sinner, separated by my sin. And Jesus, I believe with all my heart, you came down from heaven and lived a perfect life in the flesh and went to the cross and took my sins upon your body as the perfect lamb and you sacrificed yourself so I could be saved. And I believe you rose from the dead 
so I can rise from the dead and I can live forever. I believe. And I'm saved today because I believe. Thank you, Jesus, for washing me clean as I repent of my sins. Make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.